Well, good morning. If you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll find your place in the book of Hebrews, <clears throat> in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us today, we're honored to have you. May the Lord bless you <clears throat> for being with us today. We're continuing to think these days, as we've been singing this morning, about how great is our God. <clears throat> in these days of frustration and trouble and dread and fear and aggravation, we have an opportunity to set our minds and our eyes upon other things, and that is for us to consider these days the glory and the greatness of our God. We began to talk about this last week, and we will be doing so for the next few weeks. We come to some very familiar <clears throat> verses in the book of Hebrews, and uh, these verses are not, to most of you who are here today, an accident. They are verses that uh, you know very well. We want to also invite you on Wednesday nights. We're uh, beginning to <clears throat> open up our time together on Wednesday nights. And so there'll be, I'll have my Bible study here again in the uh, worship center. We'll have some other Bible studies for men going on. <clears throat> Women's Bible studies, the youth will be meeting starting this uh, Wednesday night. And so we invite you to come be with us as you feel comfortable. May the Lord bless you. Or you can continue to join us online. And these are the days that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in them, whatever they bring. Whatever the Lord wants us to do, however He wants us to serve Him, that's what we'll do. But today I recognize that we all come here with uh, distracted minds and frustrations of all kinds. Emotions that are high, emotions that are low. It seems like that we have to endure these days <clears throat> some very difficult times that have uh, impacted our schedule and the way we seek to live. I understand that. <clears throat> I live with you and feel the same way as you. What I believe we must do in the way God has made us is to focus our minds and give our attention to think as best we can about the glory of God and what He has done for us. Last week we looked at the great psalm, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That's what we must do as God's people. We must determine that the greatest thing in our life to do is to praise the Lord and to thank God for all that He has done for us. That's what we'll seek to do in the days ahead. So each week I'll try to give you, as best I can, something for you to consider about the greatness of God. So today we begin by thinking about the greatness of God's compassion. The greatness of God's compassion. I'd like for you to stand now in honor of the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> we'll read verses, uh, chapter 4 of Hebrews, verses 14 through 16. If you have your Bible, if you do not, the, the words are there on the screen. Paul the Apostle writes to the Jewish believers that he was writing these words to, and I'm sharing them with all the believers who are here today who've gathered with us. Therefore, since we, that is, we believers, we Christians, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Heavenly Father, now we all stand before you who are 
present together in this place of worship. We stand before you and you know exactly what's in our minds today. You know exactly what we've done before we came to this place, what we've said, what we've thought. You know all, all about us. You know everything that's in us. And we praise you and we honor you that you are still compassionate toward us all. We thank you for your great compassion. We thank you for showing our, us compassion and feeling with us our weaknesses and our troubles and then extending your mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ so that we might be saved. I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, take the Word of God and apply it to our minds today. And may we experience for the next little while focused minds, focused attention on the truth of your Word, how we need it in our lives. We desperately need to know how great you are so that we might depend on you, trust you, live for you, rejoice in you, and all that you have done for us. So Holy Spirit of God, be our teacher today, and may we glorify you in all that we hear and do, and may we be doers of the Word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Each week I try to give you some kind of focus for what I'll be talking about. The focal truth today is this. God's great compassion is revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's great compassion is revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We will see over the weeks ahead there are many things that we understand about the Word of God and what it does in describing the character of God, the unseen God the creator of all things, the God who sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world. But the best way to understand, the best way, and every week I'll come back to this, the best way to understand the greatness of God is to understand what He has done through the sending of the Lord Jesus Christ and the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God in flesh. So today, I would say to you, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where things start. You must determine, do I have a personal, real relationship with Jesus Christ? When you do, you come to discover the greatness of God because He will save you, He will change you, and He will help you in your life day by day. So I wonder today, as we begin, I like to always ask you a few questions. When you come to think about compassion, have you considered recently, have you in your prayer time, have you when you've sat down in those quiet moments, have you considered in a while the compassion of God? The great compassion of God. Perhaps it would be good for me to give you a definition. We use a lot of words together about uh, the nature of God. Ryan, in fact, read some wonderful words from the psalm uh, about loving kindness and grace and compassion. All of these are true about our great God, and we'll talk about them week by week. But what about the word compassion? What does it really mean? Well, the best way is for us to go to the dictionary and discover what the dictionary says about compassion. Compassion means, and this is very important for us to know, Compassion is a word that describes feeling or deep sympathy for someone who has misfortune. Compassion is a feeling or deep sympathy for someone else, another person who has misfortune and a desire to help that person 
relieve their misfortune. So compassion is a feeling. Compassion is a sympathy. It is an emotion. This might surprise you today for me to talk to you about God. Did you know that our great God is a God who is filled with holy emotions? He is a God of emotion. He is a God who feels. He is a God who sympathizes. He understands our situation. He knows what we're like. He understands what we face and what we're going through. You need to know that today in these days of such strangeness and trouble. You need to know that God is a God who feels, who has sympathy for what we're going through. That's what we read just a moment ago about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll speak to it more in just a moment. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. No, he uses a negative to point out how strong it is. We do have someone. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ, ascended, raised from the dead, alive in heaven, who is very aware and sympathizes and feels what you're going through today. So we discover here today this important truth about compassion. Compassion is this feeling or emotion, and hopefully if you're a follower of Jesus, you exhibit compassion in your life. You also have feelings of emotion and sympathy for people who are going through misfortunes, and you have a desire to somehow help them come out of those troubles. That's the way God designed His people to be. That's what He expects out of His church. There's another word that goes with the word compassion all through God's word. And I'm just pointing it out to you because you must understand this. Because of the emotion of compassion, the holy emotion of compassion in God. His, his compassion leads to mercy. Compassion and mercy go together. Mercy is the act of God's compassion. And there's not one of us in here who's saved, who has not experienced the great mercy of God and the great mercy of God was in the sending of Jesus Christ so that we might be saved. You see, His compassion for our, our misfortune in sin, our weakness in our own condition, my dear friends, the, the sympathy and the feelings of God in His eternal holy compassion provides us with His mercy. And he continues to extend it. So today I'll comment on compassion that leads to mercy. They go together. That's the greatness of our God. Well, I have two observations for you that I'd like to make. First is a general statement, and it is this, that God is a God of great compassion. In fact, let me just read these verses to you quickly as we consider God's great compassion. He is, he is an eternally compassionate God. In Exodus chapter 34... When Moses is meeting with God to receive the, the, the tables of the law again. They were broken, you remember. Moses threw them down when he found Israel in their sin, worshiping the golden calf. He threw them down. They broke the Ten Commandments, the law of God on those stone tablets. They shattered and broke. Now he's back before God in the mountain of God. He's asked God to show him his glory and the Lord says, I'll show you my glory. And then we read these amazing words in Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate 
and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness to thousands, who forgives iniquities, transgression and sin, and yet will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. The Lord declared who he was in testimony to Moses. And those words become very important for us. The psalmists pick up on those words. The prophets pick up on those words. And the Lord Jesus lived out these very words in His ministry life. You see, God is the God of eternity. He is the I Am. Lord, Lord, God, compassionate. I want you to consider this today, that God's compassion is eternal. It's beyond every generation. You and I will live and die and until Jesus comes, another generation will come. And the fact of the matter is, here's the good news. The compassion of God will be here for every generation. Isn't that good to know? And the compassion of God glorifies God in heaven. You see, God is a God eternally compassionate. Secondly, God is a God who is compassionate eternally, but faithfully He's eternal in His compassion. He's faithful in His compassion. What did we read last week in Jeremiah? Or a few weeks ago in Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations chapter 3, the prophet Jeremiah. He tells us in Lamentations 3, The Lord's loving kindness never cease. His compassions never fail. There's not anything you can do in your life beyond the compassion of God. There's not anything you, you can do or have done or will do beyond God having sympathy and feelings of delivering you from your misery and your trouble. You see, the Lord's, the Lord's compassion is eternal. The Lord's compassion is faithful. But the Lord's compassion, and I want to come back to this, is emotional. There are some who have some idea that God is not emotional. What kind of talking is that? That's a misunderstanding of the character of God. How is it that we're made as emotional people? Well, because we have a God who has holy emotions. And His emotions matter. You see, it should trouble you as a Christian when you sin against God and grieve. That's an emotional word. You grieve the Holy Spirit. When you quench the work of God in your life because you will not serve Him. You see, God is a God who has emotion. He loves us. But He is compassionate to us. Listen, Isaiah 30 verse 18. Very familiar words. Isaiah is reminding the children of Israel that God will forgive them of their sins. Isaiah 30, 18. Therefore, the Lord, listen, longs to be gracious. He longs to be gracious, my friend. Did you know today, whatever condition you're in, God longs to have a real, strong, and powerful relationship with you. He longs to be gracious to you, and He waits on high to have compassion on you. That's the God we worship and serve. That is the one who is our Lord. How great is God. He is great. He is eternal in His compassion. He is faithful in His compassion. He is emotional in compassion. He has real feeling. This is very important for us to understand. And He is also merciful. Uh, Nehemiah in his prayer confessing the sin of Israel. I'll just read it. Nehemiah 9.27 Therefore, Lord, you delivered the children of Israel. You delivered them into the hand of oppressors who oppressed them. When they cried to you in times of distress, you heard from heaven. And according to your great compassion, 
you gave them deliverers who delivered them from the hand of their oppressors. What happens when we call upon a God of eternal compassion in our trouble? He hears us and He shows us mercy. That's what we have. That's the story of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now go back to Hebrews chapter 4 for just a moment and look at some things we see here in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14, we have a great high priest. That is, this very moment today, the Lord Jesus Christ, as I said earlier, is alive. He is exalted and ascended to heaven. And now we approach Him, not only as our God, as our King, as our Lord, as Sovereign, but He is our High Priest. He is the one who makes intercession for us before God. He is the one who stands as our representative. He is the one who stood in our place and took sin upon Him, our sin, and the sin of the world. So here we have this beautiful picture of the Lord as our High Priest. All of you who are followers of Jesus... We have right now, this day, in these days in which we live of confusion and frustration, these days we have a high priest. We have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, verse 14. Jesus, the Son of God. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus, we have Him. And He sympathizes, as He says in verse 14, with our weaknesses. Oh, I'm so glad that the Lord doesn't punish me for my weaknesses. I'm glad that God has compassion on me in my weakness. And we all have weaknesses, every one of us in this room today. We all express ourselves in different ways in our weakness. I want you to think for just a moment about the Lord Jesus. Many of you have read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For some of you who are new to Christianity and to following Jesus, you need to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. First four books in your New Testament, they tell you about the life of Jesus by the eyewitnesses of the disciples who walked with Him. Well, all through those Gospels, we have, we have examples of the great compassion of Jesus Christ. How great is our God? Well, Secondly, He is great because He has revealed His great compassion in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same Lord who walked on the earth is the same Lord who has ascended to heaven and shows us compassion today. The Lord Jesus felt compassion on, on people all through His earthly ministry. I'll give you one example. Uh, we read in Matthew 15, 32, Jesus was looking at all the crowds, just pressing in to hear him as he spoke. And he says to his disciples, I feel compassion. You know, when you become a follower of Jesus, you feel compassion. You know, God takes that old stony hard heart out of you and he puts a heart of compassion in you when you're saved. When you come to know Jesus Christ, you do the same thing as our Lord. You feel compassion. You look at the misfortune. You look at the trouble of the world. You look at the sinfulness of people and all the circumstances they find themselves in. The Lord said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me three days and they have nothing to eat. How, how tender the compassion of the Lord Jesus. He was even concerned about what these people were going to eat. He did not want them to go back on their journey home without having something to eat. He says, they've been with me three days. I don't want to send them away hungry. They might faint on the way. How tender, 
How detailed, how sensitive is the compassion of our Lord. Look, you think God's overlooking you. You think He's overlooking all of your... Tr- you're not important enough. You, you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It's not a big enough thing. Oh, my friend, He cared enough. He, had, he felt compassion because these dear people didn't have anything to eat. What did the Lord do as He stood over Jerusalem? He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets. How I would often want to bring you together. Bring you together just like a hen gathers her brood, but you won't come. The Lord stood with his friend Lazarus there, and excuse me, with, the, with his sisters, the friends, his friend Lazarus at his grave. There were his sisters crying. There were all of the friends crying. They were all weeping. And what does it say? John 11, Jesus wept. You see, the Lord had great compassion. He had the great compassion of God for He is God in flesh. He has the same compassion for us. He extended mercy to people in His ministry. All through His ministry, He felt compassion on those who were distressed and dispirited. And I know some of you have come to this place today and you're distressed and you're dispirited. You wonder how things, how long things are going to go along. You listen to the reports, you wonder where it is. Everyone seems to not have the real answer. You're dispirited. You're giving up. You've gone into despair. You're wondering if you can continue to endure. I say to you, the Lord is very sensitive about where you are. He knows what's going on. He understands your condition. You see, he saw when he got, was on a boat one time, a group of people, a large crowd, and it says he felt compassion on them. He stopped and healed all the people. Uh, numerous times he would hear blind people who heard that he was walking by on the street. And what did they cry? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They, they cried out, have mercy on me. What can a blind man do? He didn't even know where Jesus, he never, he couldn't even see the direction in which to cry. But these blind men would cry out to the Lord Jesus. And we read, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes And they regain their sight. I want you to know today that the great God of heaven has revealed himself in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we now, we have a great high priest who can sympathize with all of our troubles. You see, when the Lord sees people in their grief, he takes that grief upon himself. Is that true for you as a Christian? When you see people in their pain and misery, do you just get mad? Do you just say, well, they deserve it? Do you just pass by them? Do you just ignore them? Or is there welling out of you the same kind of compassion and holy grief for others who are in their sin? You see, the world is lost in sinfulness. This has been the greatest time for people to be reminded that death is real. Death will come. Death can come at any time to any person, young and old, great and small, educated, uneducated, it doesn't matter. What a great opportunity we live in to remind people, yes, you're going to die, but are you ready to die? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Have you been saved? You see the compassion of the Lord. He feels in heaven what you're going through today. The Lord... He sees and He feels and He's concerned for us with a great concern. I really don't believe many of us believe that God cares that much about us. 
that He has that kind of deep concern for us. But you see, we have someone who sympathizes with us. We have someone who feels with us. When you bow to pray and you say to God your most desperate prayer, I want you to know today that the Lord Jesus, He sees and He hears and He feels and is ready to provide you, as we read in verse 16, mercy and grace to help you. So we discover these things and it helps us to understand the beauty of the Lord Jesus as an example of the great compassion of God. So what do we need to remember today? As we prepare to come to the table of the Lord and, and have the Lord's Supper, well, just a couple of things I want to remind you of about the great compassion of God. Number one, you see, great compassion comes from a great God. It's eternal. It's faithful. It never ends. It's always there. Great compassion comes from a great God. The depths of our misery, my friend, will never fall below the depths of God's mercy. Look, you can't be more miserable than God's mercy can rescue you. Whatever, however you feel today. You may have a friend. They're not able to even get, they don't even have enough strength and energy to come to church. They don't even have enough strength and energy to make it through the day. They're in such misery. But I want you to know, you can go to your friend and say, there is someone who cares deeply about you in your misery. The depths of our misery can never fall below the depths of God's mercy. And the God who sees us is the God who cares for us. He does not turn away his eyes. He does not ignore us in our desperate conditions. I love the way it says it here. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. My weak faith. My weak, my weak strength. My weaknesses. My exhaustion. My fatigue. He sympathizes and understands it. And you see... The Lord Jesus does truly feel when you, when you bow to pray, when you talk with the Lord, remember this, He sees you in your condition and He feels and is ready to provide help for you if you will ask Him. One other thing I neglected to put on here, but it's important for us to understand it, and it's this, that you know, God not only means what He says, that He is the God of compassion. Listen, He feels what He says. There is in God the greatness of this holy emotion. Why the same God who shows compassion is the same God, the same God who can forgive us of our sin and who loves us. So what do we do with all of this? How do we seek to live this week? Well, I would encourage you to remember to come to the Lord Jesus with your burdens. If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. If you will call on the name of the Lord, He will save you. And we can help you with that in just a moment. We're going to invite you to come if you have a decision you need to make. It's been some time since we've had a public invitation. Today we resume that. As we invite you to come, if there's something you need to do spiritually, you need to make some kind of commitment to God, you need to join this church, and you believe God wants you to be here, whatever it may be that you need to do, we're going to invite you to do it. Oh, my friend, take your burden and go to the Lord. He feels what you're going through. He understands how it, he, was, he was tempted like us in every way, but he never sinned. But it doesn't mean he doesn't feel and understand what you and I are going through today. Remember the Lord Jesus sympathizes with us as we pray and thank the Lord for his compassionate mercy. The great, faithful, eternal, compassionate mercy 
of the Lord. That is who, that's how great our God is. Aren't you glad for the compassion of God today? Aren't you glad, my friend? I hope you're glad. I hope your heart is warmed. Don't go away discouraged because we have a high priest who sympathizes and extends mercy because of his great compassion for us. And he loves you regardless of your circumstances today.